Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bet Online is your number one source for all your summer sports this season from Major League Baseball, golf, NBA, the Stanley Cup playoffs, all the latest stats, news, and scores available to follow your favorite teams. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest team matchups, player props, odds on just about every sport out there. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Bet online, where the game starts. Hello and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me as always, my good friend, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? Doing good, man. We made it, Gary. We did it. <laughs> yep. We survived. Yep, yep. Boy, it feels like that 100th episode was a long time ago, and here we are. It's 107, so I mean, yeah. it has already been a couple months. I mean, we, we just fly through time, and it's hard to believe that the Pirates baseball season is over. I've already found myself missing it a couple times. Yeah, it's like it's like a show hole for baseball nerds. Yeah, like, yeah. You, you know, like I'm I'm even my wife was like, "What are we going to what are we watching? What are we going to be doing?" I'm like, "I <laughs> I don't know. Let's get on HBO Max and see what's what's going on." Yeah, I started watching um preseason hockey, but that's not enough. You know what I mean? Right. It's just it's just not enough. And yeah. it's not quite right either. So right. And, uh, fortunately, fortunately, that that's ending here real soon. We'll replace it with the Penguins. That's true. I think that'll help a little bit. It'd be nice. If the Steelers would get on board. Lord knows Pitt isn't. No, but it's uh, not, not good football time this year. For no, it, obvious it has reasons. not been good. So let's say hi to our buddy Douglas Smith. He's here. Howdy. Ryan Lytle is here. Afternoon. Doug, Ryan. Yep. So we're going to talk about, you know, something that kind of broke pretty quickly after the season, actually, Jim. Um, Mm -hmm. Very quickly. Minor league hitting coaches were let go. And and I can't imagine many teams really caring. You know, (laughs) many fan bases would hear that and and be up in arms. But here, there's some reason to be, right? You got John Nunnally from AA Altoona and Ruben Gote from Gote. I don't even know how to pronounce his name to be honest with you. From from High A Greensboro were both dismissed. Um, Gut reactions were immediately pretty negative. I think we all know why that story broke about John Nunnally with uh, Cabrian Hayes not very long ago. And I, you know, I irrationally got upset right away too. And then I, I, I waited a minute and Alex Stump comes out with this tweet on the the live file which you know like everything else on dk sports is free go ahead and follow it if you want to they, it's probably quicker than finding it on twitter most of the time right nunnally was linked to cabrian hayes in august for some work he did before a hayes hot stretch but he had heard afterwards that nunnally's influence was overstated and that the relationship had been just a handful of texts so that's a little bit of context there that I think 
the original story made it sound almost like Nunnally was traveling across the state to help him. And Brian Hayes was flying over to Altoona when he had a spare moment to learn. Right. Yeah. Probably not what happened. Right. Probably truth be told closer to what we had said originally when, when Hayes was seeking outside help, he probably turned to dad. Yeah, you know, it's funny because um, I did listen to uh, Jared Prugar, and I heard him talk about this as well. And apparently, he had yeah, he was on North Shore Nine. Yes, yeah, yes. And he said something interesting um, uh, with a uh, for his conversation with John John Nunnally that stated that he felt that it was directly related to his dismissal. So it's like you're getting these very different type of uh, conflicting stories. And then you hear the, the generic philosophical differences things. Well, that can mean a lot of things too. That's sometimes a nice way of saying um, the relationship just has turned sour more than anything. Um, Yeah. So, um, and you know the Hayes family had to chime in on Twitter and 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 uh, say some things about uh, getting rid of uh, you know the 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 guy that the players uh, like and can and help them hitting and they got rid of him. So you know I I don't know Gary I I I'm not quite sure I I will say that I. I had also read that um, Shelton was a little caught off guard about this, that he wasn't even really aware that Hayes had done that. So maybe it was just some hurt feelings in there too. I I don't know. It's a lot of speculation, you know, it is. I mean, I would also say, you know, John Nunnally has been passed over for promotion a few times and it may very well be that, he probably didn't want to continue on in the same role. You know, there's a good chance he wanted to grow from this too. So um, for whatever reason, it's he's never really been looked at as somebody that could come up here. It's always been, you know, a minor league thing for him. And the other guy, I hate to just disparage him, but ain't none of y'all heard of him. Let's not, (laughs) let's not pretend that let's not pretend that there's some kind of deep, insight here not only is the interesting one i will say the timing is interesting it it didn't it was pretty quick especially for moves like this to be made Mm -hmm. um almost like they were they were basically thinking this dude's going to get interview requests and we don't really want to deal with that (laughs) you know and it tells you that like i mean they don't just decide within that 24 hours to do that, you know, from the end of the season, Mm. like it's not on some whim. So this, this sounds like something they had at least for a little bit, had their minds made up that they were going to do it. There's a really good point from, from Dougie fresh here. He says, feels like when Hanrahan departed, it does feel similar to that. There seemed to be a Mm -hmm. little bit of a clash. That one that was a little bit more directly known that Hanrahan wanted to advance. So, I guess I kind of get that, mm-hmm. but here's another point here from uh, Ryan Lytle. Altoona was second to last in OPS. If we saw <laughs> correctly. Hey, that could matter. You know, I hate to do that to a minor league coach though, because they're not really in control of what they're getting. And yeah, that's it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting, you know, nugget 
it's just those guys are evaluated, I think, so differently than than um, what we tend to do and what we will be doing here shortly about looking at at numbers, right? Yeah, right. So, I mean, it's it's good context because no matter what you want to say about Andy Haynes, and Lord knows we've said a lot about Andy Haynes. <laughs> I'm not getting a Christmas card, Gary. I know that. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and guess that even if we went there with free frosty coupons on Halloween, <laughs> he wouldn't take them from us, Jim. But no, you know, I, my feelings aside, Pirates organization is betting on him. That much like the Steelers are doing with Matt Canada. You, you, you basically go out there and you say, this is our guy. We're smarter than all of you. We know what we see. Pay no attention to the actual hard numbers and data that's being put out. That ain't him. <laughs> right. that's, what, that's what they're telling yeah. you to say. Pay I, no attention to the fact that there's no routes in the middle of the field. It's all Kenny, right? You know, um, there's a lot that I think you can pull similarities between those two because either way, the organization has made a decision. They're sticking with it. Yeah. They're either going to be right or wrong. I think it's interesting that they've made moves in the hitting department, but not where I think everybody's direction has been paid. Yeah. I, I think I even said that a couple shows ago, whether it's right or wrong, I can actually respect the fact that you believe in something so uh, adamantly that you are just going to say, Nope, this is it. And yeah. you're willing to go down with the ship and, you know, we can sit here and debate whether it, it's the right approach, but Hey, conviction is a hell of a thing. I'll say one last thing on this subject before we take a break. And that is one of the things you and I have criticized heavily is that guys are not ready for the major leagues by the time they get here. M it's kind of hard for me to say that as often as I have and then criticize them making any changes anywhere in the development system. You know? Yeah. Well, Gary, let's be honest. If we didn't know that Hayes was helped by Nunnally and a, and a lot of the fan base didn't know that. And then right after that, he's let go. Um, this is probably half the interesting story that we even have. So, I mean, except for a nerd like me who wanted him to be the replacement for Haynes last year. Yes, but I'm talking like the, <laughs> full, yes, yeah. the full reaction to it. If that's yeah. not in there, you know, are we leading with it? Maybe still because that's what we do. But I'm just saying like overall. Probably because it was still going to be an eight to ten minute segment. And it's, time <laughs> <laughs> and it's time for a break. When we come back, let's hit some numbers, man, because that's always fun. At 
DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. We're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Hey, thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for sticking with us all season long. And uh, hopefully we've, um, you know, done our jobs and uh, we're looking forward to the offseason. I just appreciate we have a lot of regulars and I I appreciate it. So, yeah, it's awesome, brother. So let's talk hitting stats, right? Mm -hmm. We finally have them. They're complete. And and the way I like to look at the hitting stats is usually not on just a, hey, this is how many we did of this. I like to look at where they rank. I always think that that's important because mm-hmm. you're competing against everyone else in the league. So you should really, really, truly see where you are, right? So in hitting, let's just go through a few of them. We'll kind of react as we go. Would you believe this team was 10th in hits? With 1,380? No. Yeah, I that struck me, actually. I was like, wow, for real? Yeah. <laughs> that kind of blew me backwards a little bit. Because there's, I think that's the funny thing about looking through these stats this time, Jim. One of the things that really hit me was they don't fit together. They also don't fit with the narratives that we, we kind of handed them in the first place. Right. It's really confusing. You start looking at one thing, you're like, oh, that's decent. Then you look at something else, you're like, oh, God, that's, <laughs> that's awful. And then you're like, okay, you know, so yeah. And then, and then it gets even weirder, Gary, because what I started doing was I was like, I was looking at it from an overall Major League Baseball, you know, kind of ranking. But then I was like, well, let me see if my attitude changes if I just do it in the National League. Because, you know, my line of thinking was, well, we got to get there first and get through that. And that's the majority of your games. So and then it changed it even more, confused me even more. So, yes, yes. Different stories, depending on what you look at. <laughs> and you know what's funny, too? I, I, th- I think I screwed up the very first stat. Well, they have 1,293. Yep, which is good for 24th in the league. That's what I did. It's actually 12th in the NL. (laughs) That's probably what I did. Yeah. Regardless, that's still pretty cool that they they were somewhere in the the not complete bottom of the league because it felt like it watching them play, right? It felt like they were – destitute to get a hit ever it felt like all they ever did was walk and and they did well, they, were, they, they were they were yeah they were top 10 uh, at least in 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 walks i know they that. were fifth 569 okay. which is kind of crazy too because if you walk that much it's usually a good thing 
right? It usually means that you're you're productive on offense, but they never really were getting those runs driven in, were they? Yeah, I mean, you still look at some of the main, um, the end game stuff that tells you you've actually produced, produced, which is, you know, your runs and your, those metrics, and they're lagging, you know, um, still. So it's very, it's very tough for me to sit there and say uh, uh, how to sort that out. I'm not, go ahead. How about 10th in baseball? For most strikeouts, 1,464. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not pretty, right? It's, it's a strikeout to walk ratio that I think as a player you would deal with, maybe. You know, <laughs> like it's not the end of the world, but it's not ideal, right? Yeah, and and you look at things like you know if you, it, and I'm going off MLB.com as far as their 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 numbers. So assuming it's accurate, it still puts them OPS 22nd in the league overall in baseball, and I think that that was actually um, better than what it was in the National League, which put them down near. Let me see. 13th out of 15 teams at 707. So, uh, you know, only Milwaukee, only Milwaukee and the Giants. I mean, even the Nationals had a better OPS than the Pirates did. And then if you look at the second half of the year, I think the perception I had was that the hitting improved a little bit, right? The second half of the year, they had a 714 OPS. So, I don't know. It didn't improve as much as I thought it did. Which, you know, know, which, you know, that's a little concerning because that's when they brought up um, a majority or a lot of these guys for most of their playing time that you were counting on. So, that that was underwhelming. Um, I think I thought we'd see a little more juice out of some of the young guys. It wasn't necessarily them that was that you know were the catalyst for any any of the at least the win loss improvement. Right. So for the season, the you know the the team hit two thirty nine. I, I still think batting average is important. I think we're allowed to talk about that, right? I hope so. Again, second half of the season post All Star break. Again, I thought the offense was better. Two forty. You know what? It, it's kind of. When you really looked at it like that, my perception was that we definitely had much cleaner, more productive offense in the second half. And all the numbers tell me it really wasn't that much better. You know, so it was very, eh. but it's funny because the pitching, you would think the same thing, right? When we get to those numbers, I think you'll find that the same trend continued. But the record was definitely better in the second half. It, it yeah. that's what I mean. It's contradictory a lot of the a lot of their stats this year. It it almost just never made any sense. Well, so, and I was looking at home runs, and um, I was surprised that they were still um, that low. It was twenty eighth in baseball, one hundred and fifty nine. Now the caveat to that is. 
25 home runs more, which I think you can make the case about a, anything next year the Pirates will do, they should probably add with Cruz coming back, with Davis and Andy and Peguero with more full seasons. On it, I think they'll hit that. That puts you up the like 15th or 16th in baseball for yeah. home runs. So there, there are things that you can point to that like, I think there's some real uh, progress you could make, but other ones you're just not as sure about. But I think that's one where they could make some headway. It, they have to make headway. Right. I don't think you can finish that low in the league and, and win anymore. I think you have to hit more home runs than that. <laughs> even, even the Oakland Athletics hit 12 more home runs than the Pirates did this year. Yeah. And that's not a ballpark where they're easy to come by either. Right. So, so even Detroit hit more in their ballpark. So, yeah. yeah, they've got some work to do. I was alarmed by by how low Milwaukee was in a lot of the ratings, too. You know, Very. Milwaukee's floating right around Pittsburgh, almost all over the offensive numbers. It's kind of crazy because it it drives me a little bit nuts watching <laughs> watching a team like that win 90 some games then i'm sitting there thinking to myself oh, you know a few bounces of the ball here and there and this is only like a 10 game separation maybe it, it makes sense right well you know it's funny i saw that stat where i think the nl central is like 2 and 20 in their last 22 postseason games yeah, dating yeah. back to like 19 or something. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's who we're sending and not, not much is coming out of the division to even, you know, maybe it bears out if Milwaukee's the best you got. Right. Well, hey, how about this? How about this one, Gary? Sure. Would, would anyone guess that the Pirates were 10th in Major League Baseball in doubles? with 287, only four behind the Phillies. You know, that makes a lot of sense. I think if, if only because of that wall, I think a lot of people hit balls off that wall and it's, it's almost an automatic double. Um, then in left field, there's a huge gap too. You're going to get a lot of doubles out that way, but yeah, we, we did have some doubles performers, didn't we? Yeah. Like, the Braves hit six more doubles than the Pirates did. We finally are competing with the Braves. We're catching them, Jeff. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's that's a, uh, Gary, that's called a warning shot where I come from. I love it. So for stolen bases, I thought there were some interesting things in there, too, because the Pirates started out like they were going to do a ton of that, right? They finished middle of the road. They're 15th. They have 117 of them. Mm-hmm. Some, I mean, this isn't a Pirates stat, but... One thing that shocked me is Ronald Acuna has what 70? What did he finish with? 70 some, or did 70, he finish right with 73? 70? I think maybe 73. The Atlanta Braves total have 132. Really? Uh huh. <laughs> like, ain't that crazy? Stolen bases 132. You're right. Where where in the world does that happen? Like, I guess they're just like, nobody else is going to run into outs on this team. We have too many hitters. We'll just let you run and we'll bash, <laughs> we'll bash everything else in. I don't Look know. at what Doug says here. He says, 
uh, hey, we have the exact same number of players as the Braves. We're basically just like them. I love it. I love it. And Josh from uh, Bridge to Bucktober says, Yin's guys have my stat nerd brain going crazy. I haven't looked at this stuff yet. Love it. Well, hey, you know what? We owe you because that's all you ever do. Brother. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll pick up the slack a little bit. Jeez. Right. So let's switch to the pitching a little bit because there's some interesting stuff to look at there too. I thought um, one of the most interesting numbers was uh, the opponent's batting average, 239. I thought, again, that they had kind of really struggled in the second half because of the way they had to run things. It's 249. It didn't get that much worse. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, yet I kind of felt in some ways the pitching staff was more impressive in the second half. I, it totally, totally confuses me how they ended up doing anything with pitching and their record with just no starting pitching and openers and bullpen games and guys. Very lucky to have gotten where they got for sure. Yeah. uh, You know, and I, I sure hope that that doesn't give them any ideas. You know, we talk about the full gold (laughs) thing all the time. Please God, don't, don't take that as some sign that you can kind of do that. Um, How would you like to be the Padres, Gary? Second in baseball in team ERA, just two tenths of a point off of the Brewers. They actually have pretty good numbers all over the place. They couldn't make the playoffs. Second in baseball in ERA. Unbelievable. Yeah. like It doesn't make any sense, does it? No, it really doesn't. So the Pirates, let's see, they finished ninth in the league. And in this case, the higher is not better. (laughs) (laughs) with 790 runs given up pitching. So that's not great. Yeah. I think that directly correlates to what I remember looking at. And I'm going to pull it up here real quick is walking too many batters. I mean, they're top five in walks issued. And if you look at the teams that are in the top, Eight. Let me ra- let me rattle off the team, the pitching staffs that walk guys last year. <laughs> okay, ready? Yeah. Oakland A's, Chicago White Sox, Angels, Reds, Pirates, Mets, Nationals, Rockies, Padres at number nine, Royals at ten. Yeah, it's a who's who of, of who didn't make it. I mean, yeah, you know, you walk guys, most pitching staffs cannot overcome it. It's pretty, pretty striking. To yeah. Be, I to mean, be honest. Yeah. I mean, then you get right after that as a tier of Houston and Atlanta, but look, that's 11, 12, but look what they have on the offensive side of things to kind of. Well, watching you know, the games though, did you not kind of feel like. I didn't feel like walking guys was a huge issue this year. I felt like they had guys that got leaky here and there, but really what, what a lot of those walks were, were guys like Luis Ortiz just having zero command for, you know, three or four innings every once in a while, Johan Oviedo having his every other start where 
you know, he was going to walk four or five guys, you know, Colin Holderman would have games where he couldn't find anything. David Bednar even got walky a little bit towards the end of the season there. So maybe they just kind of crept up and, and just happened because I didn't necessarily notice it as, as it was going on. It didn't surprise me. Um, you know, maybe top five might have surprised me. I, I did not think they would be particularly strong in that category. Um, and, and if it comes from certain guys like Oviedo and Ortiz, yeah. Um, and, and Roanzi, too, by the way, when he was getting his, I mean, even he was walking guys, I believe. So it, 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 it was definitely probably top heavy, but those were guys we were ex- expecting to be decent, too. Strikeouts, the Pirates were 21st with 1,363, and that's with a pitcher who got 200. (laughs) And David Bednar, who's a strikeout specialist, and Carmen Majinski, who I thought struck out a lot of guys. Underwhelming a little bit, Jim. I kind of thought this number would be better league-wide. Yeah, um it's funny they were 10th in the NL in, in strikeouts as a staff right sitting behind um about three teams before you see a huge jump in those numbers in to get into the top 5 so uh interestingly enough the cubs and reds were right ahead of them and i'm talking by like 15k's 17k's so it's, it's um, pretty crazy though for real. Yeah, right? the Do- uh, ironically the Dodgers seventh in the in the NL. Not 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 super sexy. Here's the no, Pod- Here's the Padres again, top four. <laughs> we if we had a Padre, I, I might have to listen to a Padres podcast if they do one of these segments right here. Because they'll make us, they'll make pirate fans seem sane. I They're think. probably weeping in their Wheaties <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see. ERA 460. They rank 22nd in the league. Believe it or not, a- ahead of Los Angeles. <laughs> like, again, now that's the Angels, but I, I-, I wanted to cite you for a couple seconds. Yeah. And um, at a better ERA than the Cardinals. So take that, St. Louis. Yeah. Take that, Wayne Wright. <laughs> that makes up for those 20 years of killing. Yes. Us. Yes. But 22nd in the RA, not great. That's, that's another one of those second half ones where I can go, okay, I thought they got a little better in the second half. They managed to make this all work with those openers and all the creative things they did. Want, want 488 ERA in the second half post all-star break. Now that I, makes- again, Again, though, I don't feel like that's what I watched. Really? Yeah, I don't. I felt like the bullpen was far better than it was in the first half and, and, and looked a lot more ironed together, at least towards the back end. And I thought the, the openers things were keeping us in, in most games. Now, maybe that's because the offense was producing a little more, but that's just not the number I saw in my head. I'm I'm happy to be corrected yeah. by seeing real data, just not yeah. what I was feeling as I watched it. Yeah, and, and I think, too, the other thing that stands out to me is with a, so many of these numbers, the difference between, like, 
middle of the pack and bottom of the pack or middle of the pack and top five is often not a ton. You know, yeah, like, right. you know, like you're not talking, you know, I mentioned about home runs and how much 25 extra home runs would matter for them. Or you're looking at, you know, runs given up in the year or walks. Like there's just so little that separates these teams over the course of 162 games sometimes. Yeah, it's it's little things, man. It, it really is. Like overall, you know, their their overall whip number for the, the year was 1.38, which is not ideal, but also not jump off a cliff terrible. Ironically, so, I think that that might even be where Oviedo ended up for the year, if I'm if I'm recalling correctly. So, um, but yeah, you'd look at the teams with uh, the the that led the league, and there's a bit of a jump there. The Rays were number one at one point one eight, Brewers one point one nine. A lot of good the, it did them. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, the Mariners too were third. But then right. it's the, the Twins, the Dodgers, surprisingly, the Yankees were top six. Phillies and Orioles were uh, seven, eight. So, um, yeah. But 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 there's got it. Yeah, obviously, directly, uh, directly is affected by the walks. Absolutely. So, so they've definitely got some, some things to work on. The funny thing is, I think we read those offensive numbers. We did the same exercise last year. And we both came to the conclusion, how can you keep Andy Haynes with these numbers? And I'm not going to say that it's the same historically bad um, mess that it was. There's definitely been improvement. There's been an improvement in the talent. So both of those things go hand in hand. I still sit here and look at these numbers, though, and I just go, I don't know how you can tell me that you're aiming at the playoffs next year and bring the same overseers of offense back. I just can't. I think there's a lot of opportunity missed in just some of the things that they do stylistically to not capitalize on runs that are sitting there on the table. There's more to, to hitting in major leagues than just being functionally good with your swing and working on your launch angle. You have to understand situations and i just don't think this team has ever even approached trying to do that until the very end of the season where hopefully star pupil jack sawinski started doing so hot take there he's going to hit less home runs next year if he keeps swinging like this jim well hey you know that's the end result if it if it makes him a better hitter overall i'll take it but nope i think it just Approach can only help you so much. Like we're, you can't build really, really good ball players from scratch. They have to have talent, man, and they have to have a lot of it. And so I think that that's what I'm always trying to drive home to people is just that like get good players and give them good approaches, and typically things will work out. But you put a good approach with an average player, you, you, is that enough? Probably not. Yeah. And I feel like you and I have both been pretty hands-off with Oscar Marin. Maybe that's 
because we both are smart enough to know we don't know anything uh, <laughs> about yeah. what we're watching with the pitching. Um, well, things got so jacked up this year, Gary, on the pitching side, quite honestly, you know, with um, the number of arms that they lost and whatnot. I'm hesitant to, 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 to go there, quite honestly. I kind of look for a win every year, you know, from, from a starting pitcher. Or from a from a pitching coach, and I feel like last year I think he kind of got Keller. This year was a continuation of that. This year I give him Oviedo. I know he's not a finished product, but I really like what Oviedo did. I give him credit for pulling Luis Ortiz's head out of the tank. He looked a lot better at the end of the season. The last three starts that he had. He looked more professional. He looked like he was tightening some things up. Still missing spots, but I feel like he made a lot of progress with him in, towards the end of the season. And I, and I think Quinn Priester, to a degree, at least understands what needs done now. There wasn't necessarily enough time left in the season for him to make the adjustments and execute them, but I think he knows what he needs to, to come back looking like next year. So... I'm going to give him a little bit of time and I like a lot of the bullpen arms too. So again, I, I don't really want to like go overboard and act like he's Ray Searage saving people. No, he's, he's done great with, with veterans that have come in here too. So I'm going to, I'm going to just back off on him and be completely cool with it. Yeah. I, me too. Uh, I, you know, I think about, yeah, you can point, you can point both ways right now with guys like uh, Contreras and Ortiz and their problems, but then Oviedo, for the most part, you know, made some strides. Even Barucky, my goodness, look, yeah, at, yeah, look, yeah. look at what that turned into. I mean, it, it, that was supposedly just from a few tweaks. So um, I will say this. I go back to let me just let me just say this about the the hitting real quick. If you go from the National League and go across the board, we talk about where where they need to be. They are tied for sixth in walks in the National League. They uh, on base percentage, twelfth out of fifteen teams at three fifteen. Slugging, thirteenth out of fifteen teams at three ninety two. Home runs. Second to last, only ahead of the Nationals, OPS. Third to last at 707. Still, there's still, there's still a lot that has to happen, Gary. Yep. Yep. And, I, and again, my distinction is okay, it's not historically bad this time. <laughs> That's not great, especially not for as much talent as, as is returning. We know, right. we know a whole lot of what was there as a turning. That's why I really wanted to pull back and look at those second half numbers because that's a lot of the reason for optimism. And I don't see those numbers now that it's all over. I said visually it felt like it, mm -hmm. but the numbers tell me it didn't really improve. So maybe I just liked contact a little better, you know, <laughs> Yeah, and you would have, and like I said, like you would have liked to have pointed to the younger guys that what what they end result, you know, playing better record wise. You would have liked to have pointed to them being the catalyst for it. Well, yeah, not 
really you know so i it's 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 weird maybe maybe josh will crack the code and find out what it is for us let's hope so somebody has to we need to take another break then we're kind of going back we got a few other topics just around baseball we really wanted to talk about we're going to try to do that just about every show here because i think it's going to be a more fun show if we don't stay in our bubble through this off season DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. We're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Thank you for tagging along with us today and sitting through StatFest because I know that's hard to listen to sometimes. But yeah, but listen, like, you know, we got to dive into like the pirate stuff. Like you said, get out of that bubble. We got to look around, right? You can't just got to look number, around. Can't take a number and just look at it without looking at everybody else. So. So let's start with uh, some comments from from guys, and I think my former favorite player that wasn't a Pittsburgh Pirate, Christian Yelich, <laughs> he started yeah. out with some comments the other like today about um, fans need to appreciate what's going on with uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers, even though they haven't won at all. They've done they've done really well in a small market. He said the word small market a player mm-hmm. like a big player that got paid that's not usual so it's worth noting even if you have no takeaway that said you're jim stam you have a takeaway what's up <laughs> well i just think like what you're seeing is is like and this this blows my mind that people just ignore this that they're that the small market thing isn't a thing but guys talk about it because it's so matter of fact now i think like you're hearing gms talk about it and players mentioning it and they're not even thinking like oops is that something i should say it's just so it's just so apparent yeah you know we can debate the extent of teams that use it to their advantage and teams that could be doing more and all that that's all valid and up for discussion but I just think that like it's so it's so it, there's no secret anymore. It is what it is, and people are willing more to talk about it now. Yeah, you have to you have to wonder what that means, though. You know, because as as things get more comfortable to talk about, they potentially get more comfortable to debate, and they potentially get more comfortable to actually try to figure out how to change it. Because when you have players out there, this is kind of the larger point of the whole thing. You have players out there, big players, openly mentioning that there are markets that can't do as much. It destroys the narrative that is out there. 
It just absolutely does. The narrative that the players have advanced has always been the only thing stopping these other markets from buying any of us and asking us to come play there is their own willingness to spend. Christian Yelich just today said, nope, they have a small market, <laughs> right? There's only yeah. so much we can do. I mean, right. now he's hitched his wagon to his team for the rest of his career. No doubt. Look at his contract. He ain't going nowhere. And he hasn't played well enough for anybody to want to trade for him at that, at that cost either. So he's a Milwaukee brewer until he's not. So maybe he just doesn't have the incentive to care anymore. But that could be big things like that. Yeah, and and I think like the 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 biggest thing for me is this is like you get players that will openly kind of just state it as matter of fact and almost in passing. It was almost like an in passing comment from him. Yep. And if those those guys those guys have more Yes, they're just players. But if anybody knows whether it's legitimate or not, it's it's the players. They they know to an extent what's going on. Um, it rolled not, off his tongue like something that they've spoken about amongst themselves in the locker room. Mm-hmm. It's it, it came out of his mouth as a rehearsed conversation piece. Like you could picture him and Willie Adamas sitting in the locker room, going like, "What do these guys want?" I mean, we don't we don't have a payroll like this team over here, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. Even as it, they're literally facing knowing Corbin Burns is probably gone after this year, you know, Willie Adamas is probably a guy they're going to have to think about shipping if they can't sign him pretty soon. Yeah, there was almost a resignation to it too, right? That oh he, yeah. He kind of he kind of knew that 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 this appreciate what we were able to do uh, these last five years because we're baking up, breaking up the band. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it felt like that. Um, and I guess like I, I kind of had a little bit of an epiphany today about baseball and the playoffs and teams and what their goals are and things. And I'm like, Gary is baseball getting it wrong just in general about how they do playoffs in the, in the series. I'm like, are they, are they themselves in like, you're getting these, like, first of all, it started out as one card while one game wild cards. And now we're at three game series and it's introducing so much randomness to the playoffs that it only reinforces what we are tending to hear now from teams like the Brewers or the Pirates or the Mariners, which is, hey, let's just get good enough and then we'll get in and see what happens because there's an element of randomness to it. And like, I think, I think there's a degree of that for sure. So like, yeah. like, are we, are we, are we doing playoffs wrong in Major League Baseball? I think you can make a very strong argument that you are and that um, five game, seven game series is, is, is how the only way to kind of eliminate some of that. Cause what it's doing to now is it's reinforcing to small market teams, I think, and a lot and, and other teams that aren't, Hey, we'll just try to build it. 
We'll get to that whatever percentage win mark is. We'll try to sustain it. And we'll roll the dice and see what happens. I mean, Jim, we're already to the territory where if you're starting pitcher that gave you the opening day nod, you know, is there to pitch, you know, game seven of the World Series, a miracle has already happened. You know, yeah. I don't know how much longer you can expect the postseason to be. I'm not even talking about weather where like here in Pittsburgh, for instance, this weekend, we're going to not get out of the fifties. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know that there are some very practical things to it. I'm just saying that like, I think what they're doing and they've added playoff teams, which gives you less time and whatever. It's just, I think it's actually um, adding the randomness to things, which is reinforcing the teams maybe we don't have to really go for it, go for it. I, I agree with you. I still think you have a better shot if you do proverbially go for it. But I think for a team like, uh, let's say the Pirates, if you believe they're window-driven, which that's another topic of discussion because I don't believe Ben Charrington feels that they're window driven. I don't think that he sees this as a three year gap where they get to win. He may end up getting that and that's it. (laughs) But I think he is one of those ones that thinks he can keep it sustainable. So we'll see ultimately whether he's right or not, but let's just presume that they're going for a window. I think what Major League Baseball has done with this extended playoff system is really kind of increase that window by one season on either side. You're going to get there once when you're too young, and you're going to get there once when you're holding on on either side of your actual competitive window, I think is what they've kind of set up, that kind of possibility. Maybe what used to be three years is now four or five. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. I, I don't know that. I don't know that I like what it's it's reinforcing though across across the league. I guess is and so and it'd be an interesting question we've probably posed before, which is even in even for pirate fans is, do you want two or three really good years where you really have a shot, or do you want ten? where you maybe have a shot. I mean, thing is With we'll seven, into, like we'll two get, or three, two or three good years and then seven bad years. In well, we'll get into a quote that's going to make us talk about that, I think. But okay. before we do in 2027, very likely we're going to be expanding by a couple teams as bad an idea as I personally think that is. I think they're going to expand by a couple teams and the talent to me is already too thin for teams to do what we're suggesting, which is really go for it. There aren't enough players for every team to really go for it. There's enough teams for people like the pirates to maybe try to get into a wild card sometimes in a position like this. They're not going to get some of those top tier um, pre agents. It's just not going to happen right yet, or maybe ever. There's only so many teams that are going to get those opportunities. That's really all there is to it. And I got to read Ryan 
Lionel's comment here. Thanks, Gary and Jim. Looking forward to getting revenge on the Braves next year for 92. I hate Sid Bream still. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. But I don't know, man. The playoffs to me are still an experiment. I think they kind of were forced to expand them to avoid fixing their own problems. And now that they have the TV money, it's not going to go away. And I think it's just kind of changed things a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. And this is what we talk about unintended consequences, right? Yeah. And uh, things that kind of like pitch calm. Um, Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, these are the things that like baseball has undergone so much change in the last 10 years, five years that it's evolving quicker than they can get a handle on it. So let's talk about, let's talk about um, transparency a little bit because everybody wants their GM to be honest, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody wants, we always complain that they're snowballing us or they're double talking us. Not in Pittsburgh, not in Pittsburgh. Surely not in Pittsburgh where Mike Tomlin suggests big changes and some people still believe big changes are coming. So, we hear the the GM in Seattle say that their goal is to win over a 10 year span, 54% of the games, <laughs> which if you really think about it is, is actually being a competitive team for a decade. That's what he's basically trying to sell. But Jim, this speaks to exactly what you were talking about. The mentality of let's just get in. That's what a, a 54% winning percentage goal would be over 10 years, just mm-hmm. getting in. Yeah. And, and once again, like you're talking about teams that are very, these are, these are teams that are content to be conservative in their uh-huh. approach. And so like, once again, how the players don't see that that hurts them in the long run is beyond me because that is just exactly <laughs> what you're getting. Right, Gary. Right. Well, like, what What do you think if you're a player on this team? What do you think if, if your GM says that? Well, like, I, I I know they had some players that were pretty outspoken about it, and then had to backtrack a little. Uh huh. So yeah, I think it was Cal. Was it was it Cal Raleigh? Yeah, I heard I Cal Raleigh. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so like, it affects them. Thank you, Doug. It affects them. Competitively, it affects them. I think financially, teams don't feel that desperation, um, that 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 we need to try to be winning and winning enough to make sure that when we get in, it's such it's just such a gray area. I think the game is going to get into or has already. But I do think like you can sit from afar and you can tell that that's been Seattle's plan. They're not going in too deep. They're not, they're not backing out too much. They're just trading off kind of what they have to, their logical pieces, bringing in more talent, locking up some talent here and there, being a competitive team. They're in the dance. They're in the game. They're right there. If everybody slips in the AL West, they'll be right there to pick up the rubble. That's basically what they're looking for. So yeah. it's the equivalent of, say, the Pirates, like trying to keep an average team in place, 
for like, we're going to try to be middle of the road. We're going to try to go 85 to 90 games every year. That's, that's what we're shooting for. Most of the time that's going to get us a taste. Sometimes it's not, but that's what we're going to do. And if everybody slips and falls one day in the NL central, we'll be there. We'll be there. Pieces. Yeah, I just I, I look at that. I think how is that good for business overall, uh, for baseball? I think the teams the teams definitely look at it as it's 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 good for business. Um, if you didn't say it, and you look that, back at their records over that year and what that actually would look like, and it, yeah. and see how many playoff appearances that got them, you'd probably as a fan go. Oh, it was successful. I wish one day, though, we would really put our foot on the gas and and get that extra hump that we need. That's what that philosophy lacks. That philosophy lacks that foot on the gas that really pushes it over the edge one year. Right. And 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 the delivery was horrible from from him. Right. Like, I think like. Seems to be a that, habit with that organization too. So. Yeah, and GMs in general, man, for smart guys, they can really say some dumb stuff. I'll, I'll like, be honest, certainly- though, Jim, when you when you start living in a lie, it's really really hard to go about your day to day life and and just speak the truth about anything. Yeah. You start masking what's actually going on long enough, and, and it becomes common knowledge to enough people that one day you just kind of go, ah, so so much for holding on to that. Yeah, you you, know, you, again, you forget that you're just talking about things, yeah. and you say something that, you know sounds really bad when you when you say it and like you get called an idiot with no plan one too many times and then you're like i have a plan it's this you just don't understand it you're an idiot right and 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 the thing is like we just saw matt canada do the same thing in an interview he just kind of lost it and spouted what he felt and and what you really don't want to do gary and and this this is this is piracy of the mariners is you don't want to tell a franchise that's never been to the world series you don't want to tell the fans of a franchise that's never been to the world series and i think that they've been eliminated on like the last day of the season like four times and like i yeah they've they've owned heartbreak and they've never been to a world series to say that fans should appreciate that you and thank you for what you're doing is probably not the way to go. No. That's pitch. That's pitchfork type comment. Yeah, I'm not sure whether there's I, some accuracy to it or not. Well, there is accuracy to it. It's just you know he's basically come out of the shadows, said what he said, and shrunk back into the bushes. Right? <laughs> I mean, like it's, Travis Travis Williams is taking notes. It's one of those things though that we've always known was the was the case and it's to be to be honest it's tampa's method it's what they do as well they just happen to be very successful like Mm -hmm. and and i could like 99 wins this year and they were unceremoniously bounced from the playoffs and jim i don't think they were unceremoniously bounced from the playoffs because they weren't ready i think they're dead the way they play baseball all year the way that they use those arms the way that they use their roster it's designed to succeed over a regular season by playing the way that other teams don't play until they get to the playoffs. And then once you get to the playoffs, 
those teams have that same sense of urgency about every pitch. And all of a sudden the Rays, the talent has to stack up again. And yeah, it doesn't. It's like getting into March madness. Eventually talent kind of wins out, right? You mm-hmm. got to have a couple d- just dogs yep. that can take over games and stuff. And yeah, you can build it over the long haul for 162 games. Um, but then you take away things like maybe sense of urgency that other teams now have. You t- take away maybe that home field advantage that you thought, you know, that you had in the regular season because of how, where you play at. And then the randomness. <laughs> and then the randomness. I don't think Tampa ever gets confused thinking they have that. Well, I met with the playing surface and, and, and they're used to playing on that field with uh, yeah. the fielding aspect of it. I will say. It's kind of insane that they're getting a new stadium in the same exact area as this one, and they can't even sell out playoff games. I'm not sure I understand that. Well, they're taking big gambles there. They're taking big gambles in Las Vegas. You know, um, baseball's got the money to do it. I mean, so we'll find out soon enough. Ridiculous. Anyways, there's one more topic we wanted to talk about. That's pitch com fiasco, right? Yeah. So Sonny Gray turns around and picks off Vladdy Jr. Pivotal moment in in that the elimination game for the Blue Jays. Just an old fashioned baseball play, Gary. There's great that's play. All it was great play. It looked awesome. Carlos Correa. The reaction time was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he knew how to get over there, Jim. Whoops. Mm-hmm. Turns out. They were using PitchCom, which we've heard this talked about, but I don't think we've ever really had anybody directly point to a play and tell us it was happening. Mm-hmm. We've heard it discussed as being a legal function of PitchCom. We've heard it talked about that they're allowing infielders to wear them. And just to clarify, you said legal, not illegal. It's legal. Yes. Brian Hayes wears one, for instance. And it helps him know where to shade ever so slightly based on the pitch that's coming. Mm-hmm. Right. So I already kind of thought that was a shady usage of it, but the league said, Hey, that's okay. So the next logical progression was that guys were going to start calling picks and stuff, right? <laughs> so, Which is what happened. And Sonny Gray, exactly Gray was very uh, matter of fact about it. That- so what do you think, man? Like, that is legal again i'll say but damn it that's cheating jim that's cheating isn't that what houston was doing like electronic communication <laughs> like it, it, maybe i'll run a poll on this so we can see like if it bothers people and like i wonder if this comes down again to an age thing gary i don't know i hate it i hated reading that i was like what you can't be using this for that like that's to me like i don't care if they're saying you can it's just such against the spirit of baseball i mean like let's put them in football helmets and run you know plays in offensive coordinator and it's just it, it to me is the opposite of where I want the game to be headed. I just don't, I just don't like that, man. Like it just sounded so alien to me. Rubbed me the wrong way too. Um, again, not saying the players did anything wrong here. Um, 
just there's something about it to me that that smells and and i think the worst part jim is that i know in the back of my head they can't do anything to get rid of it either they can stop having the fielders wear them that's fine if they want to do that but as long as they're going to have the pitch comms with, between the catcher and the pitcher mm-hmm. you're always going to be able to communicate back and forth and all it takes is one hand signal now for the right. catcher up against his mask and everybody knows oh time for the pickoff move you know what i mean yeah it's it's like we're stripping a lot of like to me the the charm of the game out of it and we will further do that when we're talking about the umpire situation and things like that like man you know i just want to be 80 and still recognize baseball to some degree i just don't i just don't <laughs> you don't like want to be playing splurn ball like F- futurama like <laughs> you're right like yeah. like you know cosmic baseball and it's on mars and i'm just yeah, like yeah. what is going on here i mean i don't I, know like i don't maybe like young, it, maybe younger people don't mind it I, I i bristled immediately when i saw it dude i don't like it and i also wonder how prevalent it is like for instance what teams would you say are maybe ahead of the curve on this and for all we know the pirates are doing this 50 times a game well, why wouldn't I, I have you? No idea. Why would well, you not be taking advantage of? Okay, it? but well, maybe if you're fielding like six rookies, like I, I wonder what that is like for them. You know, you're learning a yeah. brand new thing in general. You've already got five thousand things to pay attention to, mm-hmm. and now somebody's pitch comming you. I, I just worry. We start getting all these pitch comms out, and you're letting fielders take them, and you know, what's to keep somebody from like keeping the thing in their in their ass pocket when they're hitting, and have somebody buzz you that something's coming? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Or like, why should he have to look down to the third base coach to find out if he's bunning or not? Let's just let him get buzzed, right? I just think it changes. That's that's what life. I'm talking about. Is like when you like. It's just it changes things. It it strips the game down to something very robotic for me that like yep. I just don't think that that's baseball in its essence. I, the funny thing is, I think the talent is probably the most athletic it's ever been in baseball right now. Sure. But in many ways, they're playing worse baseball than they did in the seventies. Like I. I just think that they that they've done some positive things with the game, but there's unintended consequences for every kind of role change they make, and I think yeah. we're starting to 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 deal with some of it. It's like a company when they explode um, to something like they've grown at like a hundred times the rate that they should have in like a span of a couple years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just can't scale it the way you want to you you know where i'm going with this and like 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 josh says here like we're so afraid of stealing signs he's right why are we only afraid of stealing certain signs like why are we afraid of that but we're not afraid to like take technological advantage of situations that used to be based on instinct and ability and athleticism and 
the pitcher can't possibly pay attention to you because he doesn't have eyes in the back of his head, right? And well, how am I ever supposed to get a lead if now the first baseman can just click a buzzer and tell somebody that the pitcher should throw over as opposed to the pitcher has to look over physically. Right. How do you, how do you do that? I I think that that just is just completely out of the, the spirit of what we were going for. I feel like when we get to robot umps, we're going to feel the same way. It's, it's almost sanitizing something that was not meant to be sanitized. You know, like when you were in college and you got Taco Bell, it tastes a hell of a lot better than it does now when you bring it home and open it up and put it on plates that you're going to actually wash. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just saying. And, and, and things are happening at such a fast pace that baseball doesn't even know exactly what the ramifications are. And then they're going to have to go back and fill in and fix some things. And I think we're just scratching the surface of that kind of stuff, Gary. Josh mentions here, he works in, in IT and uh, wait until the hackers from opposite teams start stealing something. That already happened. That already happened back back in the day. Um, I think that was, wasn't that Houston too? That they were hacking somebody else's uh, training stats. So that Card- was the Cardinals. The it wasn't oh, like it was the, the Cardinals. Cardinals. You're right. It was the Cardinals. Those right. dirty Cardinals. I knew yeah. it. Those dirty birds. Didn't. I knew that that's why they were beating the pirates all the time. That's why, that's why Jim had to get the hell out of St. Louis. That's right. He couldn't, he couldn't be around it anymore. I don't talk to my family anymore out there. Right. That's one of the reasons. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> one of many, according to them. I love slapping you with a zinger right when you're drinking. Yeah. I do it on yeah. purpose every time. <laughs> so, hey, we should probably end the show. Good start to the, uh, I guess, Pirates offseason. It's not technically the offseason yet, as I heard Josh say on his show countless times. It's technically well, the postseason. Unfortunately right? for Pirate fans, it, t- it normally is, Josh. Right. So, anyways, we'll end the show there this week. Good stuff, though, Jim. Next yeah, week, good talk. we'll shoot for having a guest and see if we can't have some more fun. So uh, before I toss it off to Ben, I'll say it for you on the video. Let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks! Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.